What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Gear 30 on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. And Kristen Sinnott reminded me the other day, correctly, that I ought to be saying something about our weekly newsletters because we give away great gear every single Friday. It's gear that ranges from bike components to apparel to skis to ski boots and even gear related to car camping and more. It is always simple and easy to enter and if you sign up for the newsletter and then open it, we tell you exactly what we are giving away each week. So for example, today we wrapped up a giveaway on some sweet pox stuff and for this week's giveaway, we're doing something a bit different than normal, and we are giving away a pretty amazing car camping pad. Now, that might not sound like the sexiest product in the world, but car camping is cool, and sleeping well when you're car camping, also cool. Now, it's also worth noting that this past winter, we gave away 11 pairs of skis and our first ski giveaway for this coming season is just around the corner so again if you have not already subscribed to our newsletter those newsletters come out every tuesday and friday you should definitely be in on those because we got a lot of good information you stay up to date on what we're doing around here and you can win sweet gear now one last thing kristen wanted me to mention the next Blister Summit. We are going to be providing updates on the Blister Summit every week in the newsletters and Blister members will be able to register very soon if Kristen is actually doing her job. What's up, Kristen? Hopefully by the time this podcast is published. So if you are a Blister member, check your inbox. And if you aren't yet a Blister member, well, get ready to sign up soon. Okay, today we've got FlyLow founder Dan Abrams back on the podcast, and once again, this conversation makes it crystal clear why Dan is one of our favorite people in the entire outdoor industry to talk to. And if you haven't already watched the Blister Summit panel sessions that Dan was a part of this past year, we'll include links to those in the show notes of this episode so that you can get even more pearls of wisdom from Mr. Abrams. And with that, let's get to my conversation where we start by talking about skis and ski boots and gear that has nothing to do with Flylo, or arguably, it's gear that has everything to do with Flylo. Boom. See, that was my best Dan Abrams Zen Cohen impersonation. Obviously, Dan is way better at those than me. So fortunately for you, he drops another Zen Cohen in this podcast. And so, let's get to it. Dan freaking Abrams, how are you today and where are you today? I am back in Tahoe after a three-week hiatus to avoid the smoke because I'm not down with smoke and I've built my life around being able to escape it or chase powder or chase fresh air. So the, fam the family and I just did a three-week trip up and down the coast of California. It was an amazing time. Um, and now I'm back and the air is better here and that's what we're doing. One of the things I know about you 
is that, you know, every year kind of, or like probably multiple times a year, but like you and I haven't really talked this summer. And I was like, I know that there is some piece of gear or some gear category that Dan is kind of currently most obsessed with. And I don't know what the category is, but I wanted to ask you, and this could be, I don't know if you're into some sort of like, I don't know if it's like COVID stay at home. So like, I don't know, big TVs or coffee makers or, or what it is, but tell me if I have this right, if I am correct, what is the piece of gear or gear category that you are currently most kind of obsessed with? I mean, it's September. I'm obsessed with ski gear, Jonathan. Okay. Okay. And I and I save my phone calls. And everybody, I feel so fortunate that I can text Jonathan anytime I need to and get on the phone and have a long esoteric conversation <laughs> about about boots, flex, uh, you yeah. know, like, and forward lean. So, you know, I've already started to, you know, like, you know, filter through, refine my quiver for the year. Um, I just got two pairs of G3 Zeds mm-hmm. that just showed up cuz I want to you know switch from an ion to a lighter weight touring binding mm-hmm. um you know like I am very fortunate that Pete Wagner reached out to me and I've been working I've known Pete since I started the company and since he started his uh but this year he wanted to get me on a pair of Wagner custom skis so I had the most fun oh wow uh working with Pete Wagner last year which granted 45 minutes of our ski conversation was just talking about being fathers and and life and the last 15 minutes I think I was a pretty cookie cutter, cookie cutter case for him uh but I got a pair of Wagner customs in a 110 with a 22.7 meter radius coming 182.4 he he appreciated that i was into my decibel points <laughs> um and you know it's you know it's i'm one of those people that like i find the right pair of skis and then i'll just go for four pairs yeah um so that has been really fun i've been working with praxis on a collab ski the fdr uh that we're gonna do with uh, american avalanche association uh, so we're going to sell some skis. We're going to donate some skis. We're going to pimp out some key players uh, in the Flylow family with some skis that are co-branded with Praxis, American Avalanche Association, and Flylow. Um, but then what I've really been obsessing over is ski boots. Like, like I, you know, I got a new pair of Dalbello Kryptons, which um, I have never tried before. But it's, uh, you know, I got their stiff flex boot that has tech fittings but no walk mode here's the deal there is no holy grail of boots in my mind you need to have a walk uh, like a a boot with a walk mode for touring and a boot without a walk mode for inbounds Um, i've oftentimes thoughts of taking a touring boot and just eliminating the walk mode by putting bolts through it um which the guys up in kicking horse at selkirk uh, mountain sports did for me when I blew out a walk mode on a pair of boots. I will not say what boots they were. And, and all of a sudden the boot that they fixed or, you know, like jury rigged skied so much better and it had the tech fitting. So I'm going to try out those doll bellows. We'll see my friends all joke and they're like, Oh, we'll see those things on TGR in five days or whatever. <laughs> we, we talked about that boot on a, yeah, on a gear 30, conversation this you know past year and spent a lot of time kind of puzzling over like 
okay, who, like, who is this boot really for? And is it m- for more than like 11 people, you know? Yeah. And, and I think like, we're about to find out, you know, but. I, so- I honestly don't think it is super commercially viable, but, you know, but I, you know, like I've, I latch personally, I latch on a product that isn't, you know, like. Uh, I still send, you know, the guys up at cast, uh, Lars and Silas, who are old friends. Um, I still send them my Alpine boots to put a tech fitting in. And they are like, why are you doing this? There are plenty of great, you know, like 130 flex boots. And, you know, but like, they'll still do it for me. And, you know, like, I'm that guy. I love the Black Diamond Zealot. You know, like find me a uh, ten I other people that you. love that ski. I know. <laughs> you know, like, and there are ten of them, and I know them all. Um, but you know, hence <laughs> my Wagner, my Wagner custom black diamond zealots. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I should have known. I should have known. I because I was a little bit offended. I was like, wait a minute, you're talking to Pete about a custom ski, and I didn't get the phone call from you. <laughs> but if you were just like, yo, Pete, I just need a black diamond zealot. Which uh, it was like, it was like, can a can a you know 2018 Black Crows Corvus make a baby with a 2017 BD Zealot and make it in the U.S. in Telluride and like have it have that beautiful top sheet and you know we'll see we'll see, see how it goes. Did we want to have a further conversation about AT boots? Because you you mentioned this, we can we can do this another time if you like. But if you if we need to have this out right now, I'm happy to. I mean, I'm easy, yo. Know, like AT boots. So so my touring boot setup. I yo know, like am on the fence of going back to a, a Hawks Ultra XTD, uh, which I I had luck with and I ran for a couple years. I. I put in a, a Dalbello full wrap intuition liner um, and that gave me some great forward lean and it eliminates like the poor performance of a touring boot walk mode in the downhill position. It also, you know, decreases your performance in the uphill, but I will always sacrifice on the uphill as long as it's light enough and, you know, like it's okay. Usually skinning in a steep skin track, I don't care about that rear motion personally, but I switched over to a Technica Zero G last year, and it was a pretty darn good boot. If I'm in poor conditions, it just like it just kills my feet, and like so I don't think I think there's a there's a fit issue in the four uh-huh. in the forefoot for me. So I'm calling that an arbitrary Dan yep. issue. Yep, and I I think that's actually fair because you know, and I think if I recall, like I'm a massive fan of that boot, mm-hmm. but the fit. Like that to me is the major question with that boot. I I feel like it is not this boot where, oh, you can just shove a ton of people's feet in it and a ton of people are probably going to be okay. The fit is a bit more, I don't know, specific, right? Than some of the other boots that, that we've reviewed. And so generally, if you're like, I just don't like how it performs, I would have been like, I'm pulling your credibility card. No, I respect how it performs. Okay. But yeah, the fit issue seems to be like, if somebody's going to have an issue with that boot, that tends to be where the issue falls. So that makes sense. And I don't, I won't be mad at you now. So, so that means... (laughs) You know, and that's what we always say. Like, look, uh, we might be singing the praises of a given boot. If it doesn't fit your foot, cross it off the freaking list. Well, and that's just it. So I have a narrow foot 
And, you know, I found that the, in order to make that zero G work, I had to like, I had to pack it in. I put in another intuition liner, you know, like, and, you know, made it tight around, you know, the heel and, but the, the shell of the boot was just inherently wider than that atomic. And whereas the atomic, like the shell, the boot fit my foot better. And I just had to blow out the six toe, you know, the Technica just didn't fit my foot in that way. But then I start looking at these langs and these beautiful power blue langs and I'm a sucker for power blue. <laughs> um, and, uh, but you know, like my experience with langs in the last few years has been that I've had to put a shim under my heel to get more forward lean out of them. And I'm a big, you know, like forward lean type of person. And, and so that's where I was wavering between going back to that old XTD that worked or trying something new. And who knows, chances are I'll try them both. Um, or at least I'll put my foot in both and I'll go to the start house or the sports, the sports exchange and, and, and Truckee and, and try them on and talk to those guys there and see what goes on. But yeah, you never know until you ski it. That's the tough part. Yeah. That's why you're, that's why you get to know exactly what you like, Jonathan. It's true. Lucky me. Yep. Okay. Well, boots, boots is the answer to the question you're obsessing on, but yeah, I, 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 I think the Langs might be too upright for your liking. That's a hunch, but I mean, you can, I mean, I'm a guy that depending on the boot will often like skin up and then drop spoilers in, you know, for the downhill. I don't do that. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do that with every boot, but I will, I have been doing that with the, the Lang XT3 and that, and the Lang Tour Pro. Um, so. And and I use specifically Lang spoilers that I've saved over the years of all my Langs, or like I'll go to the consignment shop and grab some yeah. from the sports exchange. They'll, they'll let me do that. Um, so I ski in spoilers all the time, but yeah. even that with a Lang, like my last pair of Langs, my RXs was the first time that I ever had to do the spoiler plus a heel shim to actually get the forward lean. Um and my physio chiropractor, John Walsh, who's like a U.S. ski team, former U.S. ski team coach and U.S. ski team member, we talk about forward lean all the time. And like, you know, if you're, if you're not in the right body position for you, you know, like you're going to have, I'm 44, man, I'm going to have pain going up my legs and this and that. And like, uh-uh, unacceptable. <laughs> I think we should talk about some fly low stuff. I can get gran I can get granular there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> First thing I wanted to ask was I just would be interested in an update on like the mountain bike line. We're just wrapping up, you know, for you guys, certainly we've wrapped up, we can say biking season, though some of us are still very much biking. But from your point of view, what year was this with mountain bike apparel? Um, with mountain bike apparel, this was probably the, the second or third dedicated year towards being a real mountain bike apparel brand. It was the fifth year of fly low summer. Yeah. Um, and you know, we did some soul searching and you know, like, you know, it's funny when, when it comes to lifestyle apparel, um, Greg and I never really saw, <laughs> we still don't see, you know, like see things on an evil play field or we just prefer different things, but it comes to skis, ski boots, ski apparel, you know, we were flat and in line. So when we started making summer apparel, it was different for us. This was the first time that, you know, 
we tested it out. We saw if it was, if Flylo's a mountain bike brand in the summer or if we're like kind of a surfy lifestyle brand. And it became apparent that, you know, like it's more of a Dan brand in the summertime. And I mountain bike every day of the week. I built my life around being able to get out for an hour and a half every day on the weekends longer and so forth. So we really went into mountain biking. Um, our director of, of product, Chris Bloom, came over from Fox Mountain Bike Apparel. Um, he's a he's an ace. You know, he helped us elevate the game. And now, like I think, for what it is, our mountain bike apparel, it it is really it is really kicking butt. Um, we make mountain bike apparel with the same ethos that we do with our mountain apparel with our ski apparel snow apparel which is we make stuff that is technical without looking technical we make it you know we always err on the durable side and i think because of that we're really tapping into the you know the community and you know it's it's really relevant right now of people wanting stuff that's versatile that you know like they're not ashamed or you know you don't always have to swap out your jersey as soon as you get off your bike and i'm not really worried about you know this whole like from the trail to the pub type of deal cuz like i don't want to go into the into a bar wearing my you know like my nasty jersey after a ride like i'll swap it out uh but i could and you know like the more important thing is that the stuff is really functioning well uh, when you're riding. So like the Anderson shirt is like, it doesn't need mesh because you'll like mesh under the arm because the whole thing breathes so well and dries so fast. And like the snaps are so functional when you're wearing a glove and when you're going up and you're starting to sweat, you can just rip the thing open. But then looking at the stuff that Chris has, has introduced to us this year, the goods and short really got, you know, like a huge overhaul and like the having welded seams at the bottom where you would have it go over a knee pad, having an elastic waist that's like super low profile and really nice and finished. Like we're just kind of nailing it. Strong, strong finish to that. We're just kind of nailing it. Drop the mic. I mean, I'll put it this way. We're 97% sold through, which in our, in, in industry terms means that like we've already sold 97% of the inventory that we brought in for 2021 for our summer collection and mountain biking specifically is more like 99% sold through. So like it's resonating people that tried it in the past are getting more stores are selling it through and granted you know, another part of that story is that we're in this weird world. And what, you know, like what I mentioned to you when you asked me about talking today was it's logistics. Like, you know, a, a great determinant of good sell through is also just delivering and Flylo is delivering. We're, we're nimble. We, you know, every time there's a mess up, we move our production calendar earlier in the year and like we delivered on time and we delivered with product that's resonating with the customer. So yeah, mic drop 99% sold through. <laughs> <laughs> yes i always i knew coming in i was like there's gonna be a moment in this conversation where there's just the sig- <laughs> just kind of the the signature line the defining line of the conversation i think that was it i was like normally we get kind of a zen cohen from you or something today we get a mic drop so <laughs> I, it, this makes me happy all right Say just a little bit more on this question of logistics, because you kind of went quick on that. You, you're you saying, and this is important, right? Because it's related to the mic drop. You're just saying like, this is the key 
for right now, which obviously, I mean, we're hearing about this in all over the industry, right? Is like people can't get certain product in or off the boat, you know, or whatever, or manufacturing processes are slowed down or whatever. And you are saying that right now, one of the key factors in Flylo's current success is how you are handling and navigating all the various complex factors in the world. Did I get that right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think it all started with a knee-jerk reaction when COVID hit. You know, like all of the manufacturers canceled their production runs, yep. preparing for the worst. They furloughed people. They, you know, had to lay off people. And, you know, two months later, the outdoor industry was the savior of sanity. Mm, yeah. And so the knee-jerk reaction is, let's order a bunch more. You know, like you combine that with the actual realities of the world, which was that we used all the sea containers in the world to ship PPE to the far reaches in the world, which is the humane and right thing to do. The The logistics of it are that sea containers don't get picked up unless they're full. So we started out with having sea containers all over the world, um, besides in every hipster, you know, like boutique store you know, like that has been using sea containers mm -hmm. to build stores and, you know, all different sorts of things. There became a real shortage of sea containers. And then there became a run on product. And, you know, starting in the fourth quarter of 2020, you know, like the delays on shipping um, because of logistics really kicked in. And we thought that it was going to flush itself through to, you know, like by now, and it just hasn't. Um, so there's all different sorts of issues in supply chains where, you know, there are factories in Vietnam that are just shutting down, you know, weekly. Um, you never know whether they're going to be making your product or not. Uh, getting raw materials has become a real challenge. So just getting the raw materials to the factories is a challenge. And then, you know, we experienced at one point, uh, we had a production run of gloves that was done and it took 40 days just to get the sea container to show up. Wow. Then it had to get on the boat, cross the ocean, and then another 40 days to get it off the ocean because, because due to COVID regulations and the longshoremen in LA and Long Beach, you know, like you can't get a sea container off the ship. So then everybody starts air freighting it. Well, air freight, shipping via air, obviously is four times as expensive, if not more. And should take seven days and now it takes 40 days. So all of these factors play into when am I going to get my stuff? And then you have, you know, and who's the most fragile here? It's, it's independent retail. And, you know, and I always go back to that, that like, you know, we got to figure out how to get the inventory in. And, and more importantly, you know, my plea here is for consumers to be patient and know that the stuff is all coming. You know, like, and it's coming in waves. And so we're all going to be selling out of the 26.5 boot. And, you know, like, just just wait, it's going to come. There's plenty of inventory coming. And don't make it a bum rush like toilet paper in America, you know, where like, but we got to be patient. It's, you know, like, there's so many different variables. But, you know, with every variable, um, you know, part of me Going back to you know being a bartender, if someone didn't like the drink or the steak, 
you know, the good customer service in my mind is let's get them the drink. What, what can I make? What can I do to get to make it right? So first I do that. And then the next thing is what can I do to make it better in the future? So every time that this has happened in the past with Flylo, we, we do that, we address it, we try to make it right. And then, you know, essentially we have to make decisions on production and design earlier in the process so that we give ourselves longer lead time to produce the garments and deliver them. And that has paid off in spades. When when the other manufacturers canceled their production runs at the beginning of COVID, it didn't make financial sense for us to do so because the demand was still there. So we didn't touch our production runs. And in the end, we actually delivered on time last last fall. And that was miraculous. Same thing happened with the spring. We delivered on time. And now we're struggling right now. We're spending a lot of extra money, you know, getting stuff in. But we have been we have been shipping inventory since August 1st this year. And we are absorbing the cost of, you know, increased shipping costs right now and not increasing our prices, which we're seeing other people doing. Um, and I think it's all it's all setting Flylo up to, you know, like to have a good footing for this year. That's cool. And I really, really appreciate that. Like, I mean, that's just stuff that most of us, we don't hear the backstory, right? And so I think that's really, really helpful just in reminding people, you know, you go on the Flylo site and it's like, well, what's the price? And do I like the color? And it's like, okay, that's fine. That's like what some normal people do, but like you don't go looking for a new jacket or something, thinking about all the complexities (laughs) happening, you know, behind the scenes. So, um, and I mean, look, the fact that you didn't raise prices on stuff and you're just eating the costs of increased shipping expenses, tip of the hat. I mean, we, it's, it's in our contracts. We could change prices. Um, and we're seeing some people doing it, but I think we're just waiting to see how it plays out um, and trying to just use it as a chance to, you know, like to secure our footing. Yeah. And, you know, like in that way, if we need to raise prices a little bit, we'll do it for next year, you know, like, but trying to tell, you know, our independent retailers that your quantum jacket went from 420 to 450 this year, that's just not good business in my mind. So I'm not doing it. You guys just like a few days ago, I think kind of put up on the website, like the winter sneak peek. Let's talk a little bit about sort of what you guys have going on on the winter men's side of things. And I want to talk about the winter women's side of things. So you can kind of take this question where you want to go. I was particularly interested if it was like, yep, these pieces are still just bread and butter pieces or staples in the line. Here's maybe one or two new things we tweaked that maybe we wouldn't notice, you know, as some like, oh, that's some huge new thing. But in your view, you're excited about it. I don't know. With that, take this question wherever you will with respect to the winter men's stuff. I mean, I think it's just bibs, bibs, bibs. You know, like Flylo's an interesting company. We sell, you know, 50% bottoms, pants, bibs, and 50% jackets, which is, you know, unheard of. Most companies are selling three to one jackets, but I think most customers are not buying full kits. And so because we are just so dominant with our bottoms, you know, they're not going to do, you know, like 
a Flylo jacket because it's a given they're buying Flylo pants. Um, and I see kits, you know, trending a little bit more, but that's where we're at. So for this year, you know, the idea was, okay, the Baker bib and the Foxy bib are, you know, like bread and butter. Um, we're not going to change them. What are we going to do? We're going to offer them in more sizes, more colors so that people have more choices there. And that way, like you're a skinny, tall guy, like we got a medium tall for you. You know, no worries. You're a little bit stockier. You know, now we have, uh, you know, we have a large short and that's huge on the product side of things besides, you know, like offering more ability to, to dress people in Baker bibs and Foxy bibs. Um, the compound pant is our first chance to make a bib. So we, we took the compound bib or the compound pant from fall 20 and we turned it into the compound bib. And we love air permeable fabrics in the Z line. I think they're amazing. It's what I wear all the time. 30K waterproof is pretty much as waterproof as you can get. Um, And having air permeability just makes it more comfortable when you start moving around generating heat or if you're in a wet storm. So to have two full kits, a men's kit and a woman's kit that's in event DV expedition with 30K waterproof and air perm in terms of breathability was great. Then taking the the compound pant and we put a full soft shell bib top on it. Um, And this is another new one for us was doing a convertible pant bib combo. So you can fully unzip that bib top off. The soft shell that we use has a DWR on it. It's what we've used on the back of of the Baker bib for a decade. So it's like tried tested fabric. It's the same stuff we use on the Smith bib as well. So it's just, it gave us this really high end, if not the most high end option for us. And I think of it as like, it's like the guide kit because it's burly. You sacrifice a little bit of stretch and mobility to have burly there. And then on the other side of it, we improved the, the Smith bib and we wrapped the top of the Smith bib in that, in that soft shell fabric as well. So now our number one touring bib, which has the mobility with the stretch and the perm fabric, uh, that then has more breathability, you know, like in above the waistline. So it's making these tweaks like that. That's huge. And then on the women's side, you have the, you know, like you have the siren bib, which is EV or DV expedition event. So the nicest stuff we got. And then we added the Kimberly bib, which is a 10K, 10K, like more resort oriented. We kind of think of it as the gateway drug. It's like the men's Firebird bib. So you have a $300 three layer seam tape bib. And like, yo, this is kind of the secret sauce of Flylo. Like no one else touches us when it comes to $400 bibs, like the Baker bib and the Foxy bib that are 20K, 20K and three layer. Everybody else is, you know, like the moment they do that, they're running a two-layer gore program. And so it just, you, you're not comparing apples to apples there. And, and so now you're having this Kimberly bib with the Firebird, you have this 10K, 10K, three-layer program. Again, like no one's running a 299 bib that's three-layer like us. Uh, it just, it just doesn't work with their format. But as skiers and, you know, and, and riders, like that's what we want. We want three-layer. We want it to be packable. We want it to be more technical. And, you know, like, it works great. Can I make a confession? Yeah. I've never been a bibs guy, ever. Can I make a a confession? What? Me neither. But, okay, well, here we go. Look at us. 
This is hilarious since you're just like fly low, bibs, bibs, bibs. I'm saying from a you know from a business standpoint and from our customer base, like fly low is so much bigger than me, yeah. and it's bigger than me and Greg and my and my group of friends. But if I think about like the fly low customer and who it is, it's it's Eben Mond, it's Greg Steen. It's Seth D, Braden Maslink, Ethan Valentine, my crew from college, and like our athletes. Mm. Most of them are wearing bibs, you know, like three quarters of them. And we see that. So I'm not so blind to say like, oh, Flylo has to be Flylo Dan's bullshit. You know, like, and the chemical pant is a Baker bib without a bib top. And you know what? You want to know why the compound bib has a zip off top? For you? It's because. <laughs> it's because I'm the squeakiest gear. Yeah. Dude, so me. you you cut me off in the middle of my confession, <laughs> which was so what I was saying is like I have never been a bibs guy, but I toured in the compound bib. That was my I don't think I toured a single day this past spring, not in those. And this is the first bib I've ever toured in. And like, didn't just refuse. Like I've never, well, first of all, it's where I live, right? Like, you know, since we started Blister, I've been touring in the Mountain West and it's generally, you know, pretty dry climates and the rest. I'd never wanted hard shell material running up my back, right? So Mm -hmm. that was like out, like I wasn't going to do that. I never needed that or wanted that. Those compound bibs two things. One, it is soft shell material. It kind of disappears. It goes away. You don't notice it. And the other thing, and I don't know if this is just me, but I kind of like my, you know, somewhat baggy pants, even when ski touring and packs tend to just push those pants down, you know, not to the point where I'm like mooning people on the skin track, But it kind of solves this problem for me. So I'm like, oh, okay, we now have soft shell material on the back of this. So I'm not like sweating my, you know, my torso's not sweating, you know, like mad. And it's like, I don't need hard shell material anyway. Like it's under a jacket, you know, that I'm wearing. And second, it's not pushing my damn pants down anymore because I'm bibbed up. I love it. So there and you I go. think that, you know, like just like ski boots, you know, like all these nuances come back to but to fit and to like how you, you know, like how your body is and, you know, like how you dress, all these different variables, unlike ski boots, you know, like we have so many different options in, in our bottoms now that, that we can actually accommodate everybody. everybody. Yeah. Because like when you say Mountain West, like to me, that means cold, you know, that's why we see a lot of Baker bibs going to the mountain West that, you know, like where it's really cold and where you, of course we actually don't run hard shell fabric up the back ever. It's always soft shell, but still it's, it's hard shell fabric on the front. And, and some people are going to love that. That's going to generate more heat for them. Um, and then you switch back. Like if you say that you run, if you run hot and you're going to go out the gates, or if you just run hot, I'm going to put you in a Smith bib or a compound bib. Yeah. Because, the air permeable fabric because of uh, that soft shell material. But the, I love that, that you love it because of how it stays in place with your backpack on. And another thing that it makes me think about is, is I test our product all the time. And so I'm always in different things. And I got to tell you, every time I've put something on at first, it's annoying. 
And the reason why is because you're used to putting your product or your your uh, your gadgets and your stuff, your goggles. You get broken in. You think that the jacket breaks in, but really it's you getting broken into the garment. And so it takes four hours for you to know my cell phone is now on my right chest inside pocket. You know, like, and so you can't try on a garment and call it good after an hour, you know, or say this sucks. You got to give it at least a day or so. And so I make sure that when I'm testing stuff, I give it at least two days and then I can go back to the design team and, you know, I'm on the lift and I'm writing my notes on my cell phone and I can go back to the design team and I can say, you know, like I had this issue at first, but that was a Dan problem, you know, like, or, you know, and so forth. And that this product is actually good. Or, you know what, the sleeves really are too short or the, or the hood really is too short. Um, so that's just, that's just part of garments and things like that. Not to mention color is the number one determinant of what you folks buy, which is crazy. And then it's it's tech specs for Flylo anyway. Whatever guy who was earlier in this conversation, like, I don't know, look at that power blue. I better probably <laughs> own those ski boots. So Ooh, yeah, you're not... Dual, you're, that dual core construction. I mean, I could sell leg boots. <laughs> I could sell Technica boots. I just love it all. I just love all the gear. I love the nuances of it. I appreciate the design and the love that goes into all of it. Um, but what goes on my foot, you know, like that's what, that's what feels good skiing. And that's, you know, the tough part about buying boots. Yeah. It's a hell of an investment to have to swap out. Yep. By the way, just for the record, now we not only hit a mic drop in this conversation, but we did get our Zen Cohen for the day as well, which is, <laughs> it's not so much that you break in the garment, it's that the garment <laughs> breaks in you. So, I've, I couldn't be happier right now. Um, I'm so you, glad. You're really I'm delivering. So glad. <laughs> you're really delivering once again. Um, any other specific pieces you want to talk about, either in the the men's or women's collection or, um, and I, maybe you kind of, you maybe already touched on it, but just, you know, maybe it's something that it's a tweak you made that again, might be kind of lost at, at an initial glance on a lot of us, but it's either a, a slightly tweaked thing or just a newer piece where you're like, y'all should be paying attention to this. Yeah. I think, I think the, what I would, direct the attention of the of the people to is that you know like when when i started out uh making stuff i was i was buying ski gear in alpine shops and i was buying my my apparel in mountaineering stores and this is you know way back when in the early 2000s and that's just because the mountaineering companies were making better product um and over and so i always identified flylo as you know, like a mountaineering brand that, you know, like that made stuff that skiers would love. Um, but over time, it became apparent to me that, you know, Flylo is really an alpine ski clothing company with a backcountry habit. And and along those lines, like we really, I get really excited about the stuff that I use in Tahoe. And, you know, like my ideal day is like, you know, taking a, you know, like a tram lap and then taking another tram and going for a tour for three hours, coming back having an espresso and then skiing inbounds and find a pow, getting that full experience, you know, on piste, off piste, you know, all of it. So, you know, for me, that's our Z line. That's the lab coat. That's the cane jacket. That's compound stuff. Um, and, but a lot of people are also wearing quantum jackets and, 
and Baker bibs for that just depends on how you run. But what having our new senior director of product, Chris Bloom, come into the conversation, he's looking at the company with fresh eyes. Mm -hmm. And what he sees is like, is, you know, is that we're this Alpine ski clothing company that has a backcountry habit. And we maybe weren't paying enough attention to the Alpine skiers. We make, you know, waterproof insulated jackets, which is, you know, like great, especially for my bros that are in Jackson, Wyoming, and it's cold and they wear base layers and this like waterproof puffy coat. And then they go boot packing and they strap that thing on the outside of their pack. They're in their base layers. They get to the top waterproof puffy coat again. But what we weren't doing was like not any body mapping, not anything that was really like just riding lifts and focusing more on that where you could have like high quality, you know, super comfortable stuff for the folks that are, you know, like that are going to go on their two week long ski trip or two week long ski trips that kind of like core, you know, like city guy that's going skiing. And so Chris identified that he came up with this new jacket called the Dante jacket. And it actually, we took the the fabric from the quantum and the Baker, we made it into a two layer fabric and it instantly by pulling out that, that tree coat on the inside, it instantly makes it fall super nice and like feel softer out of the bag. It doesn't have to break in. Um, and then he did body mapping where we have fleece panels that go, you know, in certain parts of the jacket and it makes it so that you're going to be a little bit warmer riding the lifts all day and you're still going to be able to go for a boot pack. Um, but this is more for that, you know, like that core skier that, you know, like that isn't me and isn't my crew from, from college that I still think about as the fly low guy. And, I think it's really cool product. The magazines latched onto it. I think free skiers writing about it, which is really always fun to see and validates things. And it's fun to see the company grow, you know, like beyond my vision, you know, like it's, it's Chris's, you know, like real first time taking a stab at stuff like that. And it's a huge success. You know, at least it was with our retailers um, and they know the customers better than we do oftentimes. So uh, I'm excited to see how it goes. So it's called the Dante jacket. Check it out. Hey, you know what? <clears throat> I probably spent 30 days inbounds in that jacket this year, this past season, and it's hanging in the other room. It's just a super comfortable piece. Like it, yeah. it's just really comfortable. And like we do get cold days inbounds here. And so you know, I'm, I'm kind of gravitating a bit more. I used to be on that. Like I would, why does anyone buy an insulated jacket ever, you know, like just have your mid layer, but like, yeah, I grabbed that jacket, the Dante a lot this past year. And to think that you can, you know, like if it is a spring day and it's warm and you're, you know, like you're skiing in the American West, just like wear a tech tee under it. Yep. Yep. You know, like you can dress it down yeah. If your resort, you know, if your resort skiing, you want, you want to hear another confession about how I dress and how, like, why, what I do shouldn't necessarily be about all fly low design is on a super cold day in the Rockies when I'm traveling back there, I will wear two base layers, a mid layer, and I'll tuck the mid layer into my pants, which is why I always wear a little bit oversized pants. And it's something that my buddy Eben and I do. And that way the wind doesn't get into my, you know, like into my torso. So it kind of like, 
it's kind of like saying I should wear bibs. Yeah, that's what I was just but, thinking. <laughs> but I don't have them, and I'm just gonna tuck my my Pertex insulated or like even down. Like I'll tuck a down hoodie into my pants and like the moment i get to the lodge or like the bar it's like you got to pull that thing out you know like you can't have your (laughs) you can't have your puffy coat tucked in but trust me if you're not wearing bibs and it's cold tuck Tuck your mid layer in (laughs) yeah and if you have enough room and that's why like i wear a large i have like a 33 inch waist but i always wear a large so that i can tuck it in and you know again it's arbitrary that's how i that's how i dress that is actually quite hilarious because it's like, you know, I know a guy who makes bibs. <laughs> <laughs> I test bibs all the time. All right. But wow. if I'm traveling, I got to stick to my kit. My kit this year is compound bib and a uh, and a cane jacket. That's how I roll. Compound bib and a cane jacket. Switching gears a bit. One of the things I was curious to ask you about, you guys work with and sponsor a lot of athletes. And I was curious about sort of up and comers. If there's anybody on your radar, just in your personal opinion, this is maybe somebody that, you know, the ski world might not be too familiar with, but you're like, I think that's going to change pretty soon here. Yep. We have a huge team. Um, I think my original idea on that was that I want, you know, like the best skiers, not necessarily the highest profile skiers or, you know, we couldn't afford it. Um, and we still can't afford that. But like, I want the two best skiers at any ski hill. That's like a good ski hill in the country and like a guy and a girl. Um, and that's why I have Rob Dickinson and Sydney Dickinson wearing the stuff in Crescent Butte. Oh yeah, amen. Yeah, um, and you know, so we now have an athlete manager. Is my old friend Noah Howell, um, who used to run Powder Horse with his brother, uh, and then was athlete manager for Volley and has done done various things and is an athlete still, and. So now Noah is running like a team of 80 people and we have, you know, like we have our national, you know, our international team with like D money. Um, and, and then we have, you know, like roots team where we have, you know, like maybe a, you know, we don't sponsor anybody under 16. Um, but where we'll, you know, we do pro deals with, with people that are getting into it and we, you know, we pimp them out and then there's everybody in the middle, all the ambassadors and so forth. So, you know, the, the plan is that, you know, we're not going to get Sage Catabriga Losa on Flylo, sadly. Although, if he wants it, give me a call, Sage. Sage. if no, you're the, listening. Uh, you know, that's the thing. It's like, it's, it's, but if I do my job right, if Flylo does our job right, we're going to help propel these younger, um, less experienced, less known riders into a career where they can make money. And, you know, their next sponsor is going to be, you know, like bigger. And, you know, I, I can go through the list of, of the people that we've done that with. And, you know, like, and I always say, like, just finish out your contract. Let's not burn a bridge. And, you know, like, I did my job. Go get it. And, you know, like, who's, the, I mean, I can't, the, the list is long, but like Amy Angerbretson was riding for Flylo and like is still a dear friend and 
um, was the only was the only person that my daughter wouldn't cry when when she was holding her when we went wake surfing with her. So like, Amy's a dear family friend. But when she went to Spider, she was you know like she was like I got an offer from Spider. I'm like hell yeah you did. You know like go to Spider, go do that, and you know like and this is a career. So. That being said, I'm going to say the name knowing that I that I now only have 11 months left with this person because we're going to, you know, like we're going to set it in stone, but it doesn't matter. Like there's a woman in South Lake named Molly Amarino. She's been riding in Flylow for the last few months. She helped us out with a bunch of photo shoots and like our, you know, the video guys that we work with, Mountain Grown Media, Bevan Waite, he was like, dude, this girl skis better than all of the guys and she's just the best skier on the mountain. She skis out of Kirkwood. And like she went on the Freeyard World Tour qualifying circuit last year and was just slaying it. So watch out for her. And you know, we'll be working with her at least for the next year and hopefully for longer. But you know, we'll see what happens. There's so many different components to being, you know, to making it to that next level as an athlete, you know, like social media answering your emails, showing up to shoot with photographers. And, you know, not everybody's into that. You know, people, some people just want to be under the radar rippers. And, you know, and frankly, like, I don't care either way. We love you no matter what. And then I just have to give a shout out to, you know, like the people, you know, like there's two groups of people that have put Flylo on the map and made us legitimate. And first is actually media, you know, like you and all the folks, you know, the writers for Outside Magazine, Powder, Skiing, Ski. And I know some of these places aren't in business anymore, but like, I mean, shit, if Matt Hansen, you know, like didn't like Flylo or help me give good feedback on Flylo over the years or Jake Schiller, we'd be nowhere. And then the rest is the athletes, you know, like, and it started on the telly circuit. Um, and one of our guys was Dylan Crossman who went from the telly circuit and over to the Freeride world tour and won there. And then it's Lars and Silas Chickering airs. Um, you know, like in the list is long and distinguished, but like the case in point for us helping propel was like Isaac Freeland, um, who was out of Salt Lake. He came on, he was helping Flylo with some video stuff. Noah's like, dude, this guy rips. Let's get him on the team. We help him go on the Freeyard World Tour and the guy wins the yep. Freeyard World Tour and then poof, he's off getting a big paycheck from another brand and good for him and good for that brand for seeing it and being able to take him. You know, like, and then, and then look again what happened last year. Ross Tester out of Tahoe, you know, like gets... Ross Boss gets second place on the Freer World Tour. You know, these guys put us on the map and they legitimize us. And even the people that don't, you know, like follow the Free Art World Tour uh, and the Free Art World Tour qualifiers, they may not follow that. But like just the way these people walk in the parking lot, the way they stand in the lift line and the way that they are revered by everybody at their local ski hills, like that's why we want them in Flylo. You know, that legitimizes us. And frankly, if if they can make it 100 days in a pair of Baker bibs, mm-hmm. you know, like the rest of us are going to go for like 300 days. Yeah. And that's like 10 years in normal people speak. It's pretty. And, you know, so so hats off to those guys and girls, you know, like and watch for Molly Amarino. She kicks butt. Awesome, man. I should let you get back to your day. It is always fun to catch up and talk. You, you, like I said, you've delivered once again. So uh, 
appreciate it, man. And I, I mean, I'm glad to hear that sounds like you're in a pretty good spot and you're going to be facing some of the same hurdles as everybody else in the industry. But um, it sounds like all in all, it sounds like you've got this, Stan. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, I think that in my position, you have to be ready for failure. And so like literally the ship could sink coming and I would not have inventory and my back would be against the wall and I would have to sell the brand and we would no longer be independent, you know, like Flylo. And, and I already know that Flylo is a success and I have my family and my health. And so that's that, like the ship can sink. Life will go on. Um, so do I have this? Only in that respect. You know, like, we'll see what happens. We'll see if the ship sinks. <laughs> but I'm feeling pretty good about it. Feeling pretty, pretty, pretty good. But we'll see. We'll see. Hey, man, best of luck with everything. And uh, look forward to the next conversation. Always good chat, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. Okay, it is time now for our weekly What We're Celebrating segment. And I've got two things for you this week, actually. The first... It's kind of a big one for me. I actually got my first crash out of the way since blowing up my AC joint back in May. I was actually trail running with my friend Dana, who is actually just about to start a 100-mile ultra trail race in McCall, Idaho. Shout out to Dana, and I hope you kick ass. Anyway, Dana got me to go on a run with her and we were on a fairly steep downhill and apparently I don't lift my feet enough and I crashed. I actually crashed twice and turns out the shoulder was fine. And those of you who've been injured, you know the drill, right? Getting that first one or two crashes out of the way feels really good and the shoulder's feeling all right. So that's a very positive development uh, for me. Now, the other thing I want to do is just shout out a couple of people on our Blister team that have just been killing it for us recently. First, Kristen Sinnott. Kristen is deep in it planning this upcoming Blister Summit. She's good at what she does. And, you know, she does things like remind me that I ought to be telling people about our newsletter and the great giveaways we do every single week. So shout out to Kristen. I want to give a shout out to... Well, the strikingly handsome Justin Bob and, you know, Taylor Ahern, who is also pretty strikingly handsome, turns out, and also just a wonderful guy. Justin and Taylor have been killing it on these podcasts. We give them a lot of work to do, as you know, and honestly, they're just great to work with and they're great at what they do. So, J-Bob, don't have any mistakes in this episode since I just said, you know, really nice things about you. Also, David Golay, I just got to say it. I will put David Golay up against anyone in the global mountain biking world when it comes to writing well about all things mountain bikes. If you have not been paying attention to the work that David has been putting out here, go take a look and judge for yourself. But this dude is on point and... We are fortunate to have him. He's a huge asset for us. Um, We love working with David as well. And so shout out to you, David. Of course, there's Sexy Luke. Luke is 
deep in the winter buyer's guide for us doing great work on that front keep it up luke you know we got a firm deadline and you know what it is and i'm not going to remind you of it right now we've also got dylan wood who you guys know from our reviews and on various podcast appearances dylan is now around full time for us he's doing a great job I think we mentioned in the reviewing the reviewer episode that we did with Dylan that I was pretty skeptical of Dylan when I first met him. Let's just say all skepticism is gone at this point. I'm a big fan of Dylan's. He does great stuff. Yeah, we expect big things from him. Also, shout out to Noah Bodman. Noah, I think, was just on a Bikes and Big Ideas podcast that went up yesterday with David Golay. It's always worth your while to listen to David and Noah talk about bike stuff. So anyway, we've got other great people here at Blister doing their thing. We're proud of everybody here. I just wanted today to single out a few of the folks. So anyway, to all of you team, keep up the good work. And tonight what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to invite my neighbor Troy Russ over You may have heard my conversation with Troy on our Blister podcast episode from a few weeks ago. Anyway, I I learned that Troy is a pretty big whiskey guy. So I'm going to have Troy over. We're going to have a glass of Whistlepig 15-year-old rye whiskey and check in and see how things are going in Troy's world and the like. So anyway, that is what we're celebrating. That's who I'm going to be celebrating with. And that's what we're going to be drinking. So anyway, that brings us to the end of this episode of Gear 30. I want to say thanks to Dan Abrams for the conversation. Thanks to the strikingly handsome Justin Bob for producing this episode. And from all of us here in Gunnison and Crested Butte, Colorado, please take good care of yourself and everybody else. And we will talk to you again real soon.